welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Remotely Renee. Feeling good this week. A lot going on. We're going to talk about LeBron James uh, being a billionaire, an active player being a billionaire, Space Jam. Speaking of space, people went to space, uh, civilians went to space. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Name, image, and likeness. We're going to have to talk about that all the time because there's deals going around everywhere. We got a little NBA top shot coming up. We're going to talk to Katie. Um, man, there's a lot happening today, so I'm going to bring in the two lit crew. We got my VP, my manager, Paul Garino. We got my sister, Nicole Young, in the building, which is also my COO. We have my snookabooka, of my me madre, my advisor on life snook in the building what's up two lit crew we're gonna get right into it so let's talk a little bit about the empire that is lebron james so first let me start off by saying does anybody have any thoughts that jeff bezos and his amazon crew had just a, a spaceship that went to space for 11 whole minutes i mean it's not even with nasa it's a, the first civilian plane to space what are our thoughts here? Sound off. I want to hear this. Wait a minute. They was only up there I was for confused 11 about the 11 minutes. Yeah, exactly. They were up there exactly. For 11. I already <laughs> 11 whole minutes is how long they were in space. And they spent like bread. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for 11 spent all that money for 11 minutes up there. 11 I, minutes. I am so let me say something. Um, first of all, there's a couple things that obsess me about this. Number one is I had no idea it was for 11 minutes. The way that they were talking, <laughs> people had circled the earth a couple of times, then came back down <laughs> and had a story to tell. So that they was up there for 11 minutes. I'm not taking away that is probably the most beautiful 11 minutes that they've ever experienced. So I'm not going to be one of them people. But then you came back down and said, oh, y'all mad because I went to space? I'll give my friends a hundred million dollars. And I'm like, how did that equate? So people complain because you wasted money. So then you just, oh, I'll just throw a hundred million dollars to a couple of people. Use it how you want to use it. Be happy. What they should have done is if he wanted to come back, give some money, he should have said, okay, people, y'all help me contribute me going to the moon or not even the moon, I'm sorry, outer space for 11 minutes. I'm going to go and throw this bread back to the next person who orders from Amazon ah. $50,000. I mean, like, he could have spread it all around, you know? People spread the there. wealth. Listen, everybody on here right now, we are avid Amazon shoppers. We probably halfway paid for Jeff to go to space ourselves. I mean, I'm ordering everything. At this point, I don't really go to the grocery store. I'm ordering all the time. I Like Snook, I already know. Okay, well, you know, I sent a text in our family chat not long ago that we should become members of AA, not Alcoholics Anonymous, but Amazon Anonymous, because <laughs> we got a problem with that Amazon. And yes, the other part about it is I would have liked for him to, even if he was going to go and spend that kind of money, okay, because I know this is something good for science and and NASA and all of that. But what about, let me match that and just give $100 million to help uh, feed the hungry around the world. That's going to be, you know, my, uh, my uh, emphasis besides the, you know, hook it to something else and give something that would mean a lot to a whole lot, a lot more to a whole lot of people along with it. Look, Luca said you better do some philanthropy with that, with that money. Yeah, the other kid was 18 that was on and his, like his dad bought the ticket. Like this reminds me of Willy like, Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory for some reason. I don't know why, but it's like the storylines of Willy Wonka where there was a rich kid that bought, the rich kid's dad bought all the, the candy to make sure that yep. the kid got the ticket. So there was one on there. There was <laughs> one, one group that kind of just kind of, you give it away in a sense. I mean, this is, that's why we like movies. Movies is parallel to life. But on to LeBron, speaking of movies, Space Jam, along with all the other things that LeBron done, has made him a millionaire. His current- Billionaire. A no, bill billion. I'm sorry, excuse me, would it be the Billy, Billy, Billy billionaire? Excuse <laughs> me, LeBron's current endorsement partners, just to name a few, AT&T, Beast by Dre, shouts to Beast by Dre, we just saw Sha'Carri Richardson's commercial, okay. Blaze Pizza, GMC, Nike, 
PepsiCo, like Walmart. I mean, he has a lot, not to mention Spring Hill Company. That's a production company, media company that's taken over the world. Part owner of the Red Sox. Can, can Liverpool. Yeah, and also the Pepsi one. I don't know what I forgot. I think we, we, just, we talked about, it. I forgot the exact numbers, but he left Coke for Pepsi. So, you know, it was a big deal. Oh, man. You know, it was a bag, but I mean, are we surprised? So his prize money, his prize money was $700 for off the court activate, like off the court money, 300 million, correct for his on the court VP. Is that the kind of breakdown? Yeah. 330 for on the court, 700 off the court. Thoughts? I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm just not. I I mean, you know, I, I expected that. I mean, Everything you turn around is LeBron, 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 LeBron. So I'm not, and that really doesn't surprise me. Believe me, I'm not taken away from the fact that it is a huge accomplishment. Right. I think it's warranted. It's well warranted. He's a great person, but those numbers just don't shock me. It's everything's LeBron. So yeah, My- Michael Jordan, uh, they said right now is over worth over 2 billion, but obviously most of it's made after the career and like, you know, from the shoes and stuff. Shoes, and then, yeah. The closest to LeBron actively, uh, NBA wise, is Kevin Durant with five, five hundred eighty million, and Steph Curry at four hundred thirty million. Woo! Which, which is not even close if you, it's half. Okay, well, what I'm puzzled by, and I see this a lot, and you hear me uh, give kudos to LeBron a lot, but what I'm puzzled about is the haters. I mean, I saw him tweet. I saw him tweet, uh, you know, with this new information to the haters, you know. But I mean, what problem does anyone, can someone fill me in on why these people put so much hate uh, news out there about LeBron? You can't be successful without haters. So you need them. You're not. Yes. You need haters to fuel your success. And so the more people hate, the the better you elevate. That's all the way. way I like that. If you hate, just hate me, baby. Go ahead and hate me. Elevate me. If that's what it takes, I'll, you know, I'd love to be hated. (laughs) Elevate her, please. But no, to Colin's point, you know, I like people don't understand this all the time on social media. The trolls engagement is engagement. So I don't know if people know, but when you get a brand company, they want to know how many followers you have, what's your engagement look like. That means how many comments, how many likes you're getting. So that's why we always say when you see somebody doing something, like and engage it. But the reverse always happens because haters will start engaging and throwing hate out but you're just adding to the number count. So if you're following somebody you hate, you're helping them. As Cole said, you're elevating their status. If you're tweeting to LeBron about how much you don't like him, that's why he's thanking you guys because now his tweet count, his numbers, it's going up. You are elevating that person. So haters (laughs) don't know it, but they're fans in disguise and they're actually helping as fans as well. So Snookabook can answer your question. They hate him, but you know, I don't know why, you know, people hate, seeing success maybe the misery loves company when we say people we're only talking to the trolls that do if you're a supporter and you love them obviously this isn't about you but he wrote high haters all the time and lebron's talking to the haters it's the people under his comments that have something bad to say for every good thing he's doing and that's just it is what it is you know that's it, just how it, it reminds me it reminds me of the xfl player that had he hate me on the back of his jersey and that was the most selling jersey of the yeah. xfl i mean because it's well, like, like I said, I, I'm getting I'm getting a shirt made. Uh, Shay does shirts. I'm getting her made make, to make me one tomorrow. So and what's it gonna me? say, Snook? What's it she gonna say? Me. Say hey, hate me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of, let's let's move into remote reviews where we're gonna talk a little bit about Space Jam. It came out. We all wrote into the the chat. Well, actually, VP wrote into the chat. Hey, make sure you watch Space Jam. We're gonna talk about it. So let's. Let's talk about it. Space Jam sound also cold. You have a kid that watched Space Jam with you. So I really want to hear your views on Space Jam and your and Vancy Pantsy, that's my baby, views on Space Jam. <laughs> so we we watched it last night and I 
he's not into he's a bat he loves basketball just to play it but he's not really into basketball football is his thing so I said well we'll just see how he likes it because he saw the old one and he actually liked it and I thought it was cute it was a modern day push on an old movie so they brought the tech part to it it was he liked it he watched the whole thing we laughed I'm not gonna tell everybody he almost cried at the end when he thought Bugs was gone. Oh! He was upset that they was gonna try to kill off his favorite character. So, you know, spoiler alert, I'm sorry if anybody hasn't seen it, sorry, you gotta watch it. But um, I thought it was cute. I thought it was relevant to today's time. They had to bring it to today for it to even be relevant. Um, it had a lot of adult humor, which I did like yeah. as well. Um, but it- Must have it, missed it, that. You missed the adult humor? <laughs> Okay, so what, let me was, what was it? What was some adult humor stuff? So I was the way they put the old movies into it. Like there was, they put the characters in other worlds that Vance and them would have no idea what those other. Oh, worlds you mean like the crowd, the fans that were there? Well, no, I'm talking about like they when they went to go retrieve the people. There was some. There were some people in other movies that Vance has probably never even seen. So yeah. it was just funny that they were a part of those movies and Vance didn't even know what those movies were. It was still funny to him because of the way the movies were, yeah. but they were old movies. They were old movies. I, some, one of the movies, I didn't even know what the movie was, but it was still funny because they put the cartoon character in it. So wow. that part to me was kind of clever and stuff like that, but that was, that was the adult humorous part to me. I, was like, I thought you were talking about other adult humor. Well, I mean, they they did some cussing, but it wasn't that. Bad. <laughs> I don't know what that. I don't know what your adult humor means. Like, I'm thinking like when they're thinking about SpongeBob and they have like weird references and that so, and like that. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I was saying. It was the adult humor part of it. Is maybe that, you're maybe you're on the mom adult humor humor. Well, no, because <laughs> I'm saying because the movies, unless you knew what those movies were, right. kids, the kids yeah, their age are the not going to understand those movies. Yeah. So. All right. That, so I thought. Why. I thought, all right, I thought it was better than the, the tweeters tweeting about hating on LeBron. I thought yeah. it was better than what they were saying. Uh, but then, I, I mean, I thought LeBron did all right. I think, I mean, he could have did better, I think. Uh, he's an actor. I mean, he's not an actor. But, but well, I'm, he's I, not an I, actor, Skip, but he's acting. So this, yeah, is, should this be. is the big yeah. debate because. It's, Skip Bayless uh, made a good point. Like, even you know how they're wild, but. He was like, you know, Michael Jordan, like owned Michael Jordan in Space Jam. Like he was just like totally himself. Like, and he like, and then like when he pointed out, I was just like, yeah, like Michael Jordan did like way better. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So like movie wise, I thought like, of course the concept that was very 2021, you have, look, I got a son that is into gaming. I have a son that is creating worlds on these, uh, these little map places. He creates Minecraft. his own. Yes, he creates his own world. And so I really was like, this is a very realistic scenario to have a child that I'm a professional athlete and to have a child that might be into gaming more than he is into sports. Now, Junior is probably 50-50 with Junior because he loves sports just as much as he loves the gaming world. But I thought the situation to make it 2021-ish, I thought that that was on point. Now, to the thing about the acting, yeah, LeBron is not an actor. And yes, LeBron acted in a movie. It's tough because we saw Michael Jordan do it and we've seen even a Ray Allen do it to where it was so casually good. It was like, you didn't, you always set the bar low for athletes as you probably should because they're not a actors. But when you watch MJ do it and I went and watched Space Jam 1 right before I watched Space Jam 2. I just kind of, I like to do that with the movies. Yep. So I was more so, I looked at it different. LeBron, yeah, he maybe he's not an Academy Award winning actor, but when I was watching Michael Jordan act, I was shocked because, you know, I watched Space Jam when I was younger. And so when you're digesting stuff when you're younger, you don't look at like acting things like, oh, wow, he was very believable. Ooh, look at his nonverbal cues. I, you don't look at it that way when you're a kid. But when I watch Space Jam just now as an adult, Michael Jordan needs to get a lot of credit for what he did on Space Jam. I, I mean, it's unbelievable, like to say how he owned it. He really did. Like Michael Jordan was, I know he was playing himself, but it's not easy to be an actor as we're seeing. So that was my views on it. I liked how, I liked how there was all kinds of, I mean, they were going to keep your attention in this space. Jam. there was stuff happening all over the place. The fans that watched the game were 
men in black along with every other warner bros character that you could imagine known to man so they did a good job of pulling in a lot of different worlds i think but i i i would just love to have seen more cameos irl cameos of the the professional athletes that were on the squad you know we saw on the previous one charles barkley and them had to go to the doctor's office and they were confused so i was more so thinking like if we could have saw more cameos like i would have loved to see diana tarasi more she's hilarious i think that she's one of those people that could be natural great actors so that's that's my two-piece on it i just thought we could have seen a little bit more from everyone but I liked the, 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 it was a realistic scenario to me. I mean, especially for my personal life, I was like, wow, this hits home to me yeah. personally. I just think that's harder to, it's harder to redo a movie regardless of who you are, especially the first person. Like you said, yeah. he was just a natural, he, he was a natural and he was competitive with everything. And so was LeBron, but that was just something that he was really good at. It just happened to be, he was really good at I don't, I don't know if he sat and like studied and studied. It just might've been something that naturally came to him. So I think it's always harder to redo a movie and try to outbeat a, yeah. such a popular movie. So we're a little bit more critical of how he was, but he did, you, like you said, I agree. Diane Tarazi, I would have, she was funny just in that one part. Yes. And I was like, why? Yeah, I would have loved to have seen, I agree. I would love to have seen a little bit more of that, but I think it was, a te- I didn't think it was terrible, but can we talk about something that maybe we maybe shouldn't talk about? Why, and I'm, I'm confused. Why are they not playing this overseas? Oh, yes. So it's, it's not playing in China. Yeah. So here's the thing. There was an article that came out basically saying that the Space Jam movie had a $200 million budget. Am I, is that sound about yes. right? Yeah, that's exactly it had right. had a $200 million budget and that it's on set to lose almost $100 million. Absolutely. And that's one what of said. the key parts <laughs> why it's going to lose a lot of money or not make the money that they thought was because is because Space Jam 2 is not playing in China. And we all know that the Asian market is huge. I mean, just by the sheer numbers of it, but just the content that they digest and to not have it playing in China, obviously it's a big blow. Does anyone know why it's not playing in China? That was my question. I have no well, something with the NBA, uh <laughs> whatever happened with the NBA and LeBron and all that, like two years ago, oh. maybe. Yeah, I do remember something happening back. I, I don't remember exactly. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Okay, the- so basically, so we don't know enough about it. We only know yeah. that it's not playing in China. But to that point, the NBA in China had some type of disagreement where they had <laughs> a, a minor breakup. I'm just going to call it minor because I always like to minimalize drama and not dramatize drama. So they had a minor little breakup. And maybe the effects of that breakup are still happening now when you have a film with LeBron James in it that's not being played in China. So that's a big blow to the film. Yeah. Uh, it's a big blow to the money-making aspect yeah. of it, uh, all around all of those things. And speaking of money-making aspects, name, image, and likeness, people, you got to get into it because it's huge right now. There's so many different things going on in the college ranks concerning name, image, and likeness. VP, break down one of them for us. Let's start this thing out. Yeah, so Bryce Young, not uh, Nicole's son, uh, the Alabama quarterback. (laughs) Uh, Nick Saban uh, said that he has, like, a million dollars in endorsements like on the table uh i think it's bs i think uh but smart marketing on nick saban because he he definitely just helped them out to get more deals and uh this guy bryce young he hasn't started yet uh he this is first year or his second year but his first year playing what yeah so, this, <laughs> yeah, so he, he hasn't played yet played he hasn't played one game of football <laughs> in college yet and his coach Hype. is saying that he has a million dollars sitting on the table waiting for him to grab. Can't wait to hear what Cole has to say about it. Why? <laughs> I, I just have a problem young. with, he. I mean, he hasn't even played. Okay, he's been, this is his second year there. So he is basically first year Five-star. playing this year, right? So what makes him worth a million dollars? Especially since he didn't play a whole year. We don't know if he could, he could come back with that sophomore slump, never played and not be what this million dollars and that's that's the part that that gets me like you can give this boy a million dollars just because his name is bryce young i i need to start talking to my bryce young you don't have to look <laughs> right you don't have you don't even have to talk just if you could just go out there i mean that's what we're literally saying we're literally giving people millions of dollars 
on a thought that they may be something great. And that is, if you talk about bad behavior as far as spoiling people, if they have nothing to work for, because he's getting, he's going, he can get a million dollars without even doing anything. So you know, why it's would interesting. He, it's interesting you know, the point Cole is making because <laughs> like, and see, this is the thing when it comes to name, image, and likeness. And everyone that's in sports knows like sports. That's why I don't like the whole, everybody gets a trophy thing because it's not realistic to how sports are ran. It's not equal opportunity in sports. I, for people that are not inside of sports, every athlete on the team is not created equal. There's your superstars who might get preferential treatment and there's nothing wrong with that. I want people to understand that because even when the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George situation happened in the Clippers and people were like, oh man, well, they weren't practicing every day like everyone else. And I'm like, duh. Like I've been on team plenty of times where if a player played most of the game the night before, yeah, they're probably not going to practice as much or maybe do as much as a bench player. Like when I was coming off of the bench, yeah, I expect to, to suit up every day for practice. And, but sometimes they might get treatment instead of practicing or different things of that nature. That's normal. But in the same breath with Bryce Young, we know that there's these perennial superstars that you can see the talent from a mile away before they play. But to Cole's point, if I'm a company, I got to see you do it, baby. I just got to see a little something. Show me a little something, something. I'm just saying there's two ways to look at it. You could be the company that gets in early before he shows you a little something, something, and the price tag goes even higher. So maybe that's a good idea to get in early. But if we're talking a million-dollar endorsements, then they're already throwing up some big money. And to Cole's yeah. point, Maybe I want to see something beforehand. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know. Nothing to work for. He could be mediocre all this year coming up. Not saying he's going to be, I'm not wishing that on him, but he could be mediocre and his money is not. You're going to get a he could be. That's what nice it could be. Young on the back. Uh, You're going to get that? You're going to get his jersey? He, it's going to say young on the back? No, I have. I already had my jerseys with my youngs on back. All my youngs had jerseys. Okay. We already got them. We don't. I don't need to pay for Bryce's. I got a real Bryce Young jersey already, and I've seen what he could do. So I don't need. I don't need that Bryce Young. Just to my nephew Bryce Young, just because, because this is wild anyway. As we're talking about the QB, the QB Bryce Young, because we do have my nephew's name. My sister is Nicole Young. Her son is Bryce Young. So we are. This is mind blowing. What's in the name? If somebody wants to throw my Bryce Young a couple bones he has a great voice he could you know what Bryce Young my nephew should do the intros for Bryce Young the QB because that's the thing snooka booker just add hate me to the back of Bryce Young's ah. <laughs> elevate 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 come well, on well, well Cole do you want to be you want to be sicker uh Mikey Williams to his uh high school <laughs> basketball player high Junior. school a junior Basketball. in high school. Just signed with like one of the biggest sports agencies in the world. For what? For <laughs> I mean, oh. he signed oh, for money. school, but for agency? I mean, so Listen. is he not going to go to college? That's, See, that's, that's, that's the one thing. Well, here's the thing. That's a great question, Cole. So Mikey Williams is one of the up and coming big time prospects. I mean, like there's a lot of expectations, high potential for Mikey Williams. Well, XL Sports is, to Paul's point, one of the major companies that if you're looking to get those million dollar deals, XL Sports is a company that could do that. Um, and Bryce, and, and not Bryce Young, sorry, shouts to my nephew. And mm -hmm. Mikey Williams, he's this up and coming superstar that I think will probably end up signing with an overtime elite league or signing with um, a G League Ignite team where you saw some up and coming athletes do that last year. G League Ignite is basically the in-between space. There's college, there's pros, and then there's it, the G League where you don't have to go to college. You can go to the G League, make money, then go to the pros. So I see Mikey Williams on that type of path where he's not going to go from, I, I just feel like if he's already this big of a star in high school, he's just going to go and basically be a pro from there. So I think, yeah, Cole, I don't know if we'll see him sign to a But it a could university. be... It could be interesting, though, because he did say that he would potentially go to HBCU, and now he could because well, – I mean, obviously he could, but I'm saying now it might make his chances better because he's going to be being paid. 
I, I love mean, that. I love it, that it, because I think that, you know, first of all, love, love, love that all these athletes are now saying, yeah, HBCU might be for yeah, They really could. I mean, it's because there used to be the leveling, the playing for, field is picking an HBCU over like a Duke, you know that there's just the money factor. And that's the only thing. So now when name, image, and likeness is here <laughs> and you're getting the money in your pockets and it's not necessarily the boosters and all those different things that are gassing up the teams. Well, now Mikey Williams is like, look, I might go to an HBCU. Also <laughs> now uh, Miami, I don't know what's going down in Miami, but something because they're not that good, first of all. So I don't get why everyone's – I guess it's just a brand. But uh, now, like, the boosters are putting something together where they're spon- going to sponsor them. Oh. So uh, – so, They're yeah, going to, like, outwardly sponsor so, them now. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, everything – so, I mean, I'm sure that's going to trickle down to everything. And then Michigan, too, uh, is the first school to give the players money off their jerseys. I think they're getting, they like, $10 each. Yeah, $10 each off of their jerseys. How much? Ten. Ten dollars off bad. of the it's yeah, not bad, bad. No, that's it's more than bad. that. That's more than the pro leagues. They said that's yeah. that's fine. Have y'all seen the Michigan Stadium? <laughs> Have you seen the Michigan Stadium when they are filled to capacity? It is it's like and it's it's bigger than pro. It's bigger than the pros. Yes, yeah, so I get what you're saying. I would feel better they say we'll give you something off the seats at the games. See, I like the way my sister thinks, okay? I'm I'm sorry, because you talk about the jerseys, you know, there might be people who buy the jerseys. And the thing is, you have to be a fan to buy the jerseys, but you know how many extra money, how much extra money you would get if you get off the fans that go to the stands, because it's not just Michigan, it's whoever plays Michigan in their stadium. So, you know, I I basically just feel like that's the way they should do. They're going to, you wanna impress me, give them some money off them seats. I like it. I recently read an article about how all of this name, image, and likeness, and these things that are going on with uh, with uh, high school athletes or whatever, is changing the whole recruiting process for coaches. Now they it's a whole different ball game now to where you know you knew that if you were going to play in the pros, you were going to at least get one year out of them in college because uh, you know they had to have that one year to go over to the NBA where they would make the big bucks. But now it's kind of a slippery road that the coaches have to follow for recruiting because you can't, you know, there's still all of these NCAA rules out there. And so coaches just can't jump from one player to the other for recruiting. You have to really know who am I going after and what are my chances that this person will actually come to college and play. So that's a whole different ball game. That's it's true. changing. It's cha- That's a good point. It's changing everything. Hopefully, hopefully it can work in the reverse as well to where maybe college athletes that would have left after one year because they needed the money to support their family. Maybe I hope that if they're in college and they're making good money, what if we start seeing more on the men's side? Because on the women's side, we know all the women graduate. But what if we see more four-year athletes now, not necessarily your superstars. Of course, they're going to pick up and go right away. But there's some athletes that they're in that cusp where people are like, ah, they probably should have stayed an extra year, but they wanted to leave because they wanted to make money. Maybe we'll start to see some more two, two-year two guys, two, three-year guys, because they got the money now to kind of sit out and to, to play. I shouldn't say sit out, but stay in college and, and make that name, image, and likeness money. And hone their skills a little bit more. So they're more valuable when they get ready to leave. That's, that's, that, that I would say would not apply for football because I'm sorry, the injury rate is 100%. So if they're going to give you millions of dollars and you're in there one year, the chances of you getting hurt is so much higher than basketball that I wouldn't fault anyone who wanted to go. Yeah. Let me get my one year. If I'm big enough, let me go and go, go ahead. Let me get my pro yeah. sign my contract. Yeah, bro, football, you can't do that though. You have to yeah. stay three years. Football never will leave. I mean, so football. You, is have, to st- you have to stay three years for football. Oh, three um, years. Okay. But Jamar Chase uh, from LSU is like basically the best wide receiver out of the class. He, for the Corona year, he sat out because to just not get injured and then got drafted like, I forgot seventh overall or something. So you have to be there three full years or your third. Yeah, or you have to, or, or yeah, or you have to be three years like out of high school or whatever. Shake three those brains up good before you go. To yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was three years. I thought it was like sophomore, or whatever. <laughs> I didn't know there was a three year span because that's 
that's pretty scary too. I'd be tiptoeing. Oh, so that's why it's going to be good for college players because if you yeah. do get injured, then oh, you I get know that's what I'm saying. So get your money. But also, they have insurances too because if they have insurances for draft, if you felt like I remember one guy fell to the seventh round, so he had like a million dollar insurance policy, so he got that oh, million yeah. dollars. I remember what? that. that was, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, name, image, and likeness changed everything. And I mean like everything because now there's gonna be situations, like I told you in the pros, imagine being a college player, you come to the pros and you're making less than you did in college. It's just, there's so many different things that'll happen on so many different levels. And we're gonna talk about it all. And speaking of different levels, NBA Top Shot is doing a lot of different things. It was really viral and hot when they first came out, and they're adding more and more to it. We saw that Quavo now is going to have a collection with NBA Top Shot. There's going to be some WNBA NBA Top Shot. So I'm excited to see where Top Shot is going, and we're going to talk to Katie Tedman all about it. Katie, welcome to Remotely. And so just tell me, Katie, what does that entail? What is your day-to-day life like? My day-to-day is actually super fun. I basically just talk to other people who love sports about how we can do new technology things with sports fans. But really the way I look at it is every conversation I'm having is about bringing value to sports fans. So I am a sports fan. This is, you know, in my own self-interest. And, you know, really what we're trying to do at Dapper is, you know, create an opportunity for communities, brings people who love sports together. Um, And we think we've done that a little bit with NBA Top Shot. Oh no, you've done that. Okay. So I want to know, speaking of NBA Top Shot, like when did Dapper start to develop NBA Top Shot? Like how did this become a thing? Yeah. So we, um, when I had joined uh, the company that was before Dapper, it was called Axiom Zen and we spun Dapper Labs out of it. Um, when I joined Axiom Zen, we were just building crypto kitties. Um, and I had just left the NFL and moved to Canada and was like, I don't know if I can work on pink cats. Like, I'm not sure <laughs> if that's for me. Um, but once we launched CryptoKitties at the very end of 2017, my like whole thinking about it started to shift where I was like, oh, we, we made like a little bit of money off of this thing, but really all of the value is captured by the people who played this game. I could totally see how for sports leagues, especially because people don't always love the league itself, right? You love your team. You love players. You're not like, oh my God, the NBA logo is my favorite thing on the planet. It's like what I, it's what I root for. Um, I was like, oh my goodness, this is a really crazy way to bring value to fans from leagues. Um, And so we then started kind of figuring out how do we find the right partners who are going to be willing to let us do something that at the time was a little crazy. Um, what we walked into the MBA office and proposed made no sense, right? Like in what we knew at that time, we knew from doing crypto kitties that this concept of fan generated value was going to be really powerful. Um, but there's no way that the league could have known, um, you know, that we were going to create something that was this successful. And so I had, um, called a friend who called, um, a woman named Adrian O'Keefe, and Adrian was willing to take the meeting um, really in the beginning of 2018. And that's that's where we started. Her and I, um, you know, along with our fantastic teams on her end and on our end, have just been working towards, you know, bringing this concept to life for a long time. And it took us three years to launch Top Shot. So I think people feel like it was an overnight success, but really it took us a long time to get there, to build the technology, but also to make sure that fans were going to love it. Um, And so they were willing to come along for that ride with us, which really I think was kind of risky. Um, And maybe they were like, well, if it, if it's terrible, nobody will ever see it. So maybe it's not so risky, (laughs) but (laughs) people saw it (laughs) and they're happy with it. (laughs) No, I love that. And I love that two women started this. Shouts to Adrian, shouts to you, Katie. So what has it been like since Top Shot blew up? Because it blew up. It's been crazy. I mean, um, there were a lot of long days. There were um, very, very few uh, days off for a while. But what we did was then we said, okay, we, we proved it out, right? We wanted to, we made a kind of prototype. The prototype worked. So now what do we do? Um, and so we started hiring amazing people out of sports and tech and gaming. And so we've built this team and we're continuing to grow um, that has really um, found new, amazing ways to 
create experiences for fans. Um, I was at game five where we brought um, eight collectors and their guests to a suite to watch game what? five of the finals. One of the participants flew in from Switzerland. <laughs> so that might be a once in a lifetime experience for people to do that. And the reason that that door was unlocked was because they were so excited about collecting and they're so excited about the sport. Um, so it's just been wild and it's been so fun because we can try all of these new things. Um, and the league's really supportive. The players association is really supportive um, and fans are super supportive. So it's like a, a perfect scenario. So talk to, yeah, this is like, I'm so into this. So talk to me about like, this was a brainchild that it started out as first, like an idea. And then you start to see different NBA players attached to it, the whole league attached to it. Talk about as that started to happen, like how did that make you feel? Because I guess an idea, first you started working on a crypto kitty and now you're doing NBA top shots. So there's a dramatic change there. Well, all of those kind of, all of that interest kind of slid into our DMs. So it was like, one day it was like, oh, um, like Josh Hart DM'd us. And we were like, what is that? Is that a thing? Um, and then over all of these players started being like, oh, well, can I get verified? Like, what, how do I get access to this? Um, but I think all it means is that we tapped into something awesome, right? Who doesn't want amazing things that they do in their job to be memorialized? Right. And so I could totally see why they were like, well, why don't you top shot this one? Why didn't you top shot that one? Um, but it's it's exactly right. Right. It's it's creating memories and like capturing those. So we were we were super excited about it. And everyone has been unbelievable with their support. Um, everyone who's kind of come around the product has said, you know, it, it some pieces of it are going to break sometimes every time we launch something new it breaks for a little and then it gets better um, and people are willing to kind of work with us on that um, you know athletes have given us feedback um, it's just the whole thing has been like I think pretty much a once in a lifetime opportunity to build something from the ground up that people really love no, people love it. And you talked about players, of course, once their moments memorialized. And we have a huge WNBA following here on Remotely. So do you know or have any intel for us, Katie, about when are we going to get WNBA top shots? They're coming very soon. <laughs> I can't, I'm not allowed to give dates or details, but we have a couple of individuals from the league involved who I'm very, very excited about. Yes! Um, I've seen some early art for it that is very, very good. Um, and we've had really what I think is the thing that I, the reason that I love working at this company is we, we had a huge conversation internally about how are we gonna launch the W are we gonna launch it as a separate product? Are we gonna put it in NBA top shot? How do we create parody? How do we showcase the yes. W in a way that is, you know, showing the spectacular um, things that athletes do on the court every day in the same way we do the NBA. And what we netted out on was that we're going to do the best thing that we can do today, which is what we always do, right? We're like, throw it out there. We're going to do it. <laughs> um, but that we have a huge plan about how we're going to make the W part of our business um, in a way that it deserves to be. Yes, let's go. Uh, we will be patiently, <laughs> we will be patiently waiting yes. for WNBA Top Shot because you know there's an aspect that Top Shots brings that even sometimes the casual fan that might not watch the game, they start to be more engaged with what's going on in the game because they want to get top shots that have a certain value level, or they want to know what players have a trajectory that their top shot might gain more value over time. So I see WNBA top shots, not only just being a, a avenue for WNBA players to memorialize their moments, but for fans to start to kind of attach more to the brand of the W and see it as an opportunity. So have you seen that happen with the sport where it might not be a huge sports fan, but they're attached to the top shots? Yeah, I think it's not just people. So we have some people who came in and weren't basketball fans. I think they're actually a pretty small amount of those people. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have people who came in and were like, I just haven't watched a game in a long time. And like, I'm watching games again now or like, I, you know, I, I bought a hat and a Jersey. It was weird. I was just like, I should have these, <laughs> you know what I mean? I like should be, this should be part of my life again. And there are a lot of people who um, know far more about players now who know far more about what's yeah. going on in the league through the product. And I think that's super fun. Like my, my husband the other day was um, 
like just messing with me and was like, as if you could name, you know, the starting lineup of the Sacramento Kings. And I was like, actually, I like own a lot of their moments. <laughs> like, hey, I may not have, I'm a, I'm a trailblazers <laughs> fan. So I, I was like, I generally wouldn't care, but like, actually I kind of do care because we're doing a showcase and I want to make sure I get a reward for it. Wait, but Katie, what are you talking about? You don't own every single top shot. Like if I'm you, I automatically get one. Like what? Well, when we were starting, we were like all really active players. But when we grew, we wanted to make sure that we didn't like, there wasn't any weirdness with the community. It's not like, oh, you know what's happening in a pack. So you have a better chance. So our legal team is working on a player policy, which I can promise you I ping them every day because that needs to come out before we drop the W packs because I need to be part of that process. Um, but yeah, we're no, we're working through to how to make how to make it um, how to make it safe for community members and make them not feel like we're getting a better deal than they are. I like that. See, you're more fair than maybe I would have been. I like it. So you guys have a new partnership with Quavo called the Quavo Quest. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a fan of the product and he came together with the team and we put together um, this opportunity to um, bring more culture and bring more music into the product, something that we always wanted to do. Um, having his yeah. support has been amazing, um, but it's just another way to collect, right? It's like you go in and you're like, oh, what am I, what showcase am I going to work on today? Or like, what challenge am I working on? And then it's like, oh, wait, what, what's happening in here? Um, and I think that's what we like, really, we want the product to be like that. You come to the website and you're like, oh my God, I missed something. What is happening here today? And that's exactly what happened. Cause I'm a fr frequent the website and I saw Quavo and I'm like, hold on a second, what is Quavo <laughs> doing on here? So I love how y'all are expanding, constantly expanding, growing and being progressive. Now, before you go, I wanna open up one of my packs live here and you kind of tell me, walk me through if it's valuable, if it's not. I always let Snooka, Booka and Cole kind of pick which ones they're gonna take. So VP, can you cue it up for us? And we're gonna open a pack live while we have the head of partnerships at Dapper Labs here with us, Katie Tedman. So let's see here. Um, oh, I got a couple pre-order packs. Let's just go with a common pack base set and see what we're working with here. You know, I'm going to say I love everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Listen, you should. You created that. All right, open your packs. Let's see. Uh, Cole, which one do you want to, is, let's see. Is it going to be the three again, like normal? Bomb. Oh. Cole, behind door one, number one, two, or three, what we got, baby? Two, baby. Go for the two, two, two. Let's go, ball. Let's go. Number two. Okay. The Clippers. Uh, yeah. Right. I would be very happy about that. <laughs> okay. Let's see I think what that's it is. Great. Okay. Oh, what are you thinking, it. Katie? Damned it. <laughs> First of all, he's, he's getting in there in years and he looks pretty nimble there. So I'm pretty <laughs> impressed by that. Um, yeah. I feel like Serge is like Serge is an all-star. He's phenomenal. Um, it's a four, um, four digit serial, which for common is great. Um, I love that. I would keep that. That would go in my collection. I mean, I, a four I would serial. See y'all got to get the lingo. She means the serial <laughs> numbers. Everyone is numbered and we have a four digit serial, which like she said, not a bad serial. I mean, I'll okay. say a, a one digit, a two digit better but four digits, still good. Still good. <laughs> I'm on one digit, snookabooka, which door? One or three? What door are we opening? Well, since all the numbers, one, two, and three are my favorite numbers, I guess I could choose either one or three, but I'll go with three. Let's go three, baby. We want a one cereal, a two cereal. Okay, Brooklyn. James Harden. Oh, ooh, wait, I like <laughs> this one. Now, I like this one because, now, Katie, you tell me, isn't Spencer Dinwiddie wet, really heavy into Top Shots? Yeah, he's really heavy into crypto. He's um, got his own crypto company called Galaxy. Um, oh. He's an investor in our company. He's been a huge supporter of the product. He's super, super knowledgeable about the space. So you got, it's like crypto inception for that one. Ooh, crypto <laughs> inception. No, that's a great one because we are also Galaxy affiliated here. We work with them. We're going to be doing something with them very soon. We're in that space. So I really, really like that one. VP, let's see what's behind door number one. Michael MPJ, Porter I'd be happy with too. Talk. talk to me, Katie. What are we thinking about this? I love that. I mean, I think so far as like, 
um, somebody's collection who's putting MPJ moments together. Like this is a really nice one. It's a nice, it's a little dunk. It's not like too flashy. I'm, I like it. I'll take it. Listen, we will take it. So for people that don't understand, Top shots are your digital moments that you can mem memorialize in a sense of athletes. You get different moments. It could be a dunk, a pass, a layup. It could be a little bit of in anything. But the main point is, Katie, y'all did y'all's thing with NBA. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hit. And thank you for joining us here on Remotely Renee. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Nice meeting you. Oh, wait, you. by the way, Keep up the I need the work. Renee Montgomery last shot. I was career. going to say that. I want to say that stuff, but I was going to say as soon as it comes available, there's going to be a virtual fight. Talking about <laughs> virtual moments. It's going to be a virtual fight on here to get Renee's, Renee's last moment. shot. That top shot, we have to have it. We have to have it. You have to do moments, enough Katie. that we all we need have or, or I want the one I'm I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in it because like she hits like some threes and put oh, up Oh, the 30, three, so. he's sitting in the back. He wants that one. <laughs> yeah. he, I need that the, one. He's in the it. crowd. So he I'll wants to I'll put in a good word. <laughs> I'll put in a good word with the team. <laughs> We're into this, Katie. That's what I'm saying. So the, the demand is there. The want is there. So we'll be waiting on WNBA Top Shots, Katie. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Nice meeting Thanks, you. Thank really you. Awesome. And speaking of this NFT virtual world, VP, please tell me what's going on with this horse racing because this is really wild to me. Yeah, so the company is called Zed Race, and it's basically like virtual horse racing, like NFTs. You're buying, you're, like you're buying these horses and breeding them and auctioning them off, pretty much like real life, but they're virtual, and they cost. The price range is $130 to $45,000. Yeah, that's what? a huge price range. So let me tell you this. What in The Sims is going on right now? This sounds like a real virtual world that you pay money to play in this world. But Kevin Durant, we talked about him a little earlier. He was one of the top athletes that, like, active athletes. And he has, like, what, $500 million mm -hmm. to plus to his name. This is why Kevin Durant has the boardroom. He's in different things, investing in different stuff. He has his own 35 ventures where he invests in things like Zed Racing. I'm telling you right now, when I was talking about NFTs, Snook thought I was crazy. Cole didn't want – they wanted the cold, hard cash – how about betting on a digital horse for $45,000? Like, how about owning a horse for $45,000 that's digital? Digital! I don't understand. What are, I mean, what, what is the purpose of having a horse that you can literally pay for a real horse? You can literally go to a real stable and see the real horse and touch and pet it. But you want one that's virtual for $45,000 that if your computer glitch... Or if ah. you lose the thumb drive, it is gone forever. I, I just can't see. I don't understand where we're going with this. I don't understand. So you know what's going to happen? Let me tell you. I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to put it out ah. there. If I want to give me some money, I'm going to start making virtual houses. And I'm going to ah. start selling virtual homes. You, and you can go. You can come to my Sims. virtual. You can come to my virtual Airbnbs and stay for real money because i'm going to get the real money not the virtual money real dollars but i'm gonna start i'm we're gonna start a new home venture we're gonna start this home venture and we're gonna start renting airbnbs oh my virtually God. and selling virtual homes how about that that way we should have them in all the major cities so that <laughs> if you want to go to say for instance where we just came from las vegas you live in our virtual house and we'll take you to a virtual casino. We'll take <laughs> you to a virtual uh, uh, broad, uh, Las Vegas show. We'll take you to all the virtual sightseeing things that you need to see while you're, you're there. And so when you leave our b, b our virtual house, you'll have been there and done everything you need to do. Oh, well, yeah, we can do packages. You want to go on a virtual yeah. ride? You can do a virtual jet. But you gotta pay yeah. for the fuel, so we can put that package on there too. I'm telling you, it, we're going crazy because <laughs> the price range itself. You how do you go from what was it, 145 to 45,000? Like what kind of range? You know, would you get a piece of horse? You could get the horse head for 145 dollars. You would get oh the legs God. for another. You well, add have all four. You just wouldn't buy one leg. Okay, so you know what? While Cole and them are making a joke. 
this is not too far-fetched because here's the thing, right? The concept that they're basically describing is virtually traveling. And that is a concept that I'm shocked we're not there yet. I mean, in a sense of- Let's go. <laughs> a virtual tours. Like imagine if I'm an influencer, let's say. So to put it in perspective, if I say, hey, who wants to go to Vegas in my Vegas Airbnb with me? Like Colin them's talking about. What if I take my camera, which is my phone that I take everywhere. We're about to start airing Muchos Montgomery's, which is going to be basically like a segment where we show our life and our everyday life. So what if I'm taking my, sh my phone with me to Vegas and I say, hey, who wants to watch Motown hits with me tonight in my Airbnb room? All you got to do is check into my Airbnb, Airbnb room. It costs $45 for you to watch the show, but I had to pay $2,000 for these good seats in the front row. What if I'm showing you this? Obviously, you know, that's illegal, but we're saying, what if it gets to the point where you can do that? Like you go everywhere that I go with me and you pay for it. That's what it looks like to where we're going. We're yes. basically, you can live life from your tablet or your phone. It's really crazy that you can buy and do a lot of things and back to the horse racing. I think that, you know, if somebody's investing $20 million in it, it has enough to go viral right now. I mean, we went to the the Pandora is a virtual Pandora is an uh, uh, an attraction at which one is it Disney or Universal? I don't know which one that's at. Sorry, it was a Disney. It was a Disney. Okay, so we went to a virtual uh, attraction in Disney called Pandora, and really, what we did was we sat on you know the little machine, and then this screen made us feel like we were going all over the world, and I felt like I was an Avatar. I felt the wind. So if everybody started to get these little VR things, you know, we know there's already the, the goggles and the glasses already, but what if people started to experience things like dead racing right in the comforts of their home and we start selling out houses and Airbnbs? I don't know, Cole. I mean, y'all are joking about it, but let's it's not get too far-fetched. Well, no, let's and, get started before somebody rich sees your show. And before we can even get to the uh, drawing board, <laughs> It's already it are, up and out. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, and we're joking about this, but another thing is you're paying $45,000 for a virtual horse for racing and it's all the computer deciding who's going to win. I don't like that either. I mean, I Vegas is Vegas. Yeah. How do they decide that, VP? Like, yeah, how, it's how like who decides which virtual horse gets to win? It's like... I have no idea. I haven't seen it yet. I, yeah, see, I that's, think that's that scary. could be Jimmy. I think that could really be Jimmy. It, it, it absolutely oh, yeah, it is Jimmy. Because if I buy, if I paid four hundred, well, how much was it? If I paid one hundred forty-five thousand dollars for a horse, or how much ever money they said, it better win every time. Every ah! time, it better win every. <laughs> oh, just wait a minute, and this is what really might happen. The waters could possibly get tainted because Cole said, "Look, if I'm paying my forty-five thousand for the most expensive, the best horse you got." She's saying y'all better make sure that my $45,000 horse wins. And that's the problem right there. That's the problem. But guess what? In real life, that, that doesn't, that's not how it works either. Well, you buy the best well, horse. You can, you can life, spend the it, most money on the best horse. You're not going to win though. Every time I don't care. But my point is, is that it's <laughs> virtual. So someone pushed a button. If I see this horse running around the track and he, yeah, loses, but someone he also bought loses. the the horse, the real horse for a million dollars and then see this yeah but i know well, i think I the playing field is a lot more level <laughs> yeah the playing field is yeah. a lot more level when it's not virtual i think you I know that's why at the end of the race they go and swab those uh, horses i don't know if they stick it up their nose or whatever to see if they've been you know enhanced yeah, because anything. wait a minute because horse racing has been found to be tainted anyway so paul to oh, your point everything is tainted then if you want to Everything well, shouldn't be tainted in sports, though. Is it a crime for us to want things to not okay. be tainted? If we're going virtual, then all these gamers, too, there's cheat codes, and some of them use computers, and some of them are using TVs, so the computers are faster than the TVs. So Again, you're talking virtual world, but yeah, if we're talking backwards. actual IRL, where there's a real live living thing, like a horse is real. It, yeah. it, it, it like is? it could wake up sick that morning and not run well. That's a real factor that could come in. Thank you. It could be the jockey. You yeah, might not your, have your internet might not be working horse, one day. So. But not the that's the whole jockey. point. 
That's my whole point. I do not want to lose a virtual race because my internet is not good. If this horse doesn't feel well and they haven't fed it and the jockey's not good, that's how, that's one thing because you're actually out. There's actually physical things that I can see. It rained that day. The mud is clumpy. The horse didn't run. I can give it a million different reasons, but you can't tell me, oh, well, you know, your, your horse didn't win because do you know at, at the two minute mark, you had a lag in your internet. And so yeah. that, lost you, <laughs> that lost you virtual seconds. And so now your horse dropped to sixth place. Yeah. I don't want to hear none of that. So what I, happens I, if, I can see. What happens if someone bought like one of these NFTs for like a million dollars and the, the site just shuts down? And that's one of them. That's what I'm saying. That's dumb. That's okay. dumb. That horse, if he, if something happens and that horse has to go down and I saw the horse go down, they, you know, cause some of these horses, they fall so bad. They yeah. have to actually put them to sleep, which is them. really sad. But if I see my horse go down, I, oh man, that's one thing. <laughs> Virtually. But if I take my thumb drive and put it in my yeah. bag or I have it somewhere in my house and the house gets flooded and the, you got to hit up a code. My million dollars worth of horses is gone. I, that's the problem I have. It's putting it like your, in your virtual Cole horse gets injured. Trust the digital space, period. <laughs> no. Because Cole, there's the cloud. Save your horse in the cloud and stop with these thumb drives. Why is Cole so stuck on these on these because, thumb? <laughs> because your computer crashes, even if it's on the cloud, something could happen. You get too much space. Somebody might erase the wrong thing. Your your horses are off the cloud now. They're gone. You got oh, rid of. And, and to that point. Are we not in this country right at this very moment going through foreign governments such as Russia? They don't shut down the gas line. Now that now that's a whole lot bigger than a virtual horse race. They've shut down the gas line. I know we had to experience some things about being able to get gas down south because some countries then come in here and ask for a bounty on the on the uh, on the um, on the gas line. And then just what, last week, they're talking about shutting down Microsoft and all of that. I mean, if these companies that have this kind of money can <laughs> shut down gas, they can shut down all these big time companies, who's to say that they're not gonna get on that horse race <laughs> and, and get a horse for $145, shut everything down and make that horse win. I mean, it is really iffy in the, if with, the, with that kind of stuff right now. And that's that on that. Everything that's virtual can be hacked and probably will be hacked. And that's the scary part about trusting virtual things. But we're going to the virtual age, eyes wide open, and we're going to see what happens. Now, Snookabooka, we always finish <laughs> with remote roots where you tell us a little bit about what happened in your week or you tell us what's going on in your world. So what we got up this week? Okay, so this week I have a question for the sports world, maybe sports fans, or maybe just everybody. But my question that I'll be covering on Roots this week is, have actual sports become the sideshow rather than the main event? So just kind of mull that over in your mind. Today on Roots, I am going to be talking about a question that I've been mulling over in my mind the last couple of weeks and the question is have actual sports games become the sideshow rather than the main event with the start of the 2020 olympics yes i said 2020 because they're billing it as the 2020 and 2021 because of the year it was canceled due to covid i have been enthusiastically following all the news in print and media about the summer games and realized that, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but a lot of it does not pertain to what's actually going on on the court, on the track, on the field, in the pool, etc. Or mostly, what about the game? I don't know about you, but I just kind of think that every sport has some sideshow going on. Now, I do realize that these sideshows give us a lot to talk about on shows like this one, Remotely Renee, but I still think we could do a little bit more about talking about the game itself. Let's begin by talking about the U.S. women's gymnastic team led by Simone Biles, a multi-gold medal winner 
And it's been predicted that the U.S. women's gymnastic team should definitely bring home the gold. Some of the first news about the U.S. gymnastics team was they had opted out of staying in the Tokyo bubble, which I'll call the Tubble, which is the Olympic village that usually all Olympic participants are required to stay in. They have chosen to stay in an adjacent hotel for the Olympics. Now, my big interest in gymnastics began when Mary Lou Retton from West Virginia won gold at the 1984 Summer Olympics. It prompted me into putting my girls into gymnastics when they were young. Both of my two older girls, Nicole of the Tulip Crew and my middle daughter, Nishay, were both cheerleaders and majorettes in junior high and high school. Today, I am still trying to learn as much as I can about the sport because when I watch it on TV, I want to be able to see it through the eyes of the judges. So I need to educate myself on the sport. In other words, I will need to know more about the seven individual men's events and the five individual women's events. Who is competing in those? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? There have also been a lot of sideshows around the Olympic uniforms this year. Let me share with you a few of the Olympic uniform controversies that are out there. Women's handball fined for rejecting bikinis. The Norwegians were penalized for switching to shorts. Paralympian Olivia Breen was told her track briefs were inappropriate by an official. Then there is the beach volleyball and bikini sideshow that's taking place. Beach volleyball is one of the biggest draws in the Olympics in the summer since 1996. Even German gymnasts wore full-length bodysuits ahead of the Olympics in a stance against sexualization of the sport. I know that uniforms can impact performance, but I kind of think now that it's come down to, is it the uniform impacting performance or is it how the uniform will look to the spectator? Will it come down to the color of the uniform at some point in the future? Just saying. These sideshows could go on and on and on. For instance, there's the U.S. soccer kneelers. Who knelt? Who didn't? There's the Nike Spikes controversy. Are the Nike Spikes providing enhanced performance for the runners? I've saved the two biggest sideshows for me for last. I'm really appalled that deaf-blind swimmer Becca Myers had to drop out of the Paralympic Games after being denied a personal assistant. I'd really like to know who sits on these committees and makes these rules. Do they have the right backgrounds to be making these decisions? I worked in a profession that had to provide accommodations for students or individuals with disabilities. Bottom line, for a person to be successful, they need to be assessed and giving the tools they need to be all that they can be. From what I read at the Tokyo Olympics, there are 11 assistants and 37 Olympians who need accommodations. That's outrageous. That's a three to one ratio. An individual who is deaf and blind, I would imagine, would need a personal assistant 24 seven. They really, really, really need to do better. Now the last side show I wanna talk about is one that I can personally identify with. It is the one surrounding the black swim caps or the sole caps that are being worn by the Olympic swimmers in the Tokyo Olympics. <laughs> now, personally, I don't think those swim caps are going to increase or speed up the swimmers at all. But I haven't seen any scientific research about it, so I guess we'll have to wait until that information is shared with the public. Next week on Roots, I think I will delve into this issue a little deeper. It would be remiss of me not to mention the elephant in the room, COVID, which has impacted the 2020-2021 Summer Olympic Games immensely. My prayers are that all of the participants in the Summer Olympics remain healthy and safe. So, there you have it. At the 2020 or the 2021 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, there have been sideshows in swimming, 
soccer, track, gymnastics, handball, volleyball, and even with the Paralympians. Let's go, USA, and bring home the gold. So, my question still is, are these sideshows replacing the main events in sports? And are they doing anything to really grow the game of sports? Thanks for listening and see you next week. All right, so that's all we have this week where we connect while being remote. But before we go, I want to send a huge, huge shout out to all of Team USA, all sports, everything. The Olympics are already underway. Shouts to Sue Bird, who carried our flag. There's only been a couple people and a couple women in history, women's basketball, to ever do that. Shouts to Birdie for carrying that load for us. And then, listen, it's Operation Gold all around. So I'm looking to be cheering USA for all the teams, all the sports, all the players. Catch y'all next week. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.